I want to welcome you to this live broadcast of Dynamic Web Church. We are so excited to minister the message of grace all over the world today. It's awesome to think that we can sit here, I'm sitting in my new house, um, and we do a live broadcast all over the world. And people in Russia, people in Italy, people all over the world, United States, Canada, everywhere, are watching at this moment and hearing the message of grace. If you are a first time viewer of this webcast, I want to welcome you to Dynamic uh, Love Ministries and to Dynamic Web Church. This web church has got a vision to impact people with the message of grace, to see that they've got a life flooded with dignity and worth. Amen. And that's what we want to see. We want to see the power of God manifesting in the lives of people all over the world from the foundation of grace. You know, I've said it so many times. I've come to the realization that the only message in the Bible, the only message, I want to take it further than that, the only message in the heart of God for man is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ, which is the word of mercy, which is the word of grace. We are busy with a series at the moment on the love of God towards man. And then we're going to go over to how we love God and how we are supposed to love our neighbors from the platform of the love of God. Now, as you can hear, we are, um, this, this broadcast might, might sound a little bit hollow. We are just sitting here in our lounge and um, preaching the gospel. We are busy setting up our studio and, um, man, it will sound so much better. We are so excited about that to get that whole thing set up and to broadcast from there all over the world. I just believe that God has just, man, His heart is so much for the lost, for the people over the world that needs this message of grace. When He sees people struggle, when He sees people in the law, when He sees the pain that comes to their life because they try to serve Him out of works, there's a compassion in Him to see them in the message of grace. That's why I'm so blessed, because I know that God is behind Dynamic Love Ministries. Any person who preaches grace, I want to tell you, if you're watching this morning, God is behind your ministry. It is not somebody sponsoring you or some man that's behind it. God is behind you. And God will make sure that you're always blessed. God will make sure that you always prosper. God will make sure that you will always have enough of a revelation of the message of grace to see the power of God manifesting through your life. Amen. Now, before we do our announcements, I would like us just to pray together and um, then we're going to get right into the Word of God. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for every person that has tuned into this webcast. I thank you. They are just um, receptive to your Word of grace. Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak through me and that you touch the lives of millions of people today. I thank you, even as this message is archived in, um, on the website, people will slot into that, they will watch it, their lives will change, they will start to know who you truly are. Holy Spirit, thank you that you work through me, that it's not my work, but the work of God that is in me and through me, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there was a, um, on Thursday, I was in a church service of Dave Basson, and he ministered the wonderful word, and what he said was, it is not the man that preaches the word that's really something. It is the God that's in the man that we should honor. So I want to just say this. Never think that Bertie in his own power is something. Because I might disappoint you. But God in me 
and everything that I have and everything that I am is yours. That's what the Bible says. The anointing that I have is yours. I am here as a servant to you. I'm washing your feet today with the word of God. I'm serving you. I'm, you are not under me. I'm under you. Serving you with the message of grace and the message of God's love. Now the first thing that I want to say is just welcome again to everybody that's just tuned in for the first time. I believe that God's blessing rests upon you and this message of grace will just bring such peace and uh, stability in your relationship with God that everything that condemned you, everything that held you back will just be removed and you will be um, and you will not be disappointed. You will just be blessed by this. Uh, then I want to bring under your attention that we've got a in-depth word studies on the homepage. Just I see a lot of people don't uh, log into that because they, it's difficult to find. On the right-hand side of the page, towards the bottom, there's a, a big yellow button that says in-depth word studies. And scriptures that's difficult to understand are explained there with a screen recorder with uh, Esau. So you can see in the Bible, the Greek, Hebrew words, you can see that's not a trickery, it's really the truth, the goodness of God, as I explained to you how the Hebrew words fit together, how we can see the grace of God in every or most of the Hebrew words um, in the Bible. We can just see the message of the cross. So get into that, that's really life-changing, it's wonderful. Then another thing, if um, it seems to, uh, if we seem to go offline, just press F5 on the keyboard and uh, it will refresh the page. Or if it gets stuck or something like that, press F5. It will just renew the page and um, you can continue to watch. Then we are translating the messages, the Sunday messages as well as the other messages that's under Wordwell, into different languages. We, um, we've just done one in Italian and um, we've written it down into in, in English. And it's also going to be done in Russian. Now, isn't that awesome? So that people of um, all over the world can log into this and download the message in writing. It will also be in English. So if you just need somebody to just, uh, if you need to give, give it to somebody in writing that doesn't have internet or something, you can just download it. It will not be on this week, but next week, because this week we'll be building the studio and getting everything right there. But from next week we will find that you will find it on the website and you will be blessed by that because you can print it out, send it to somebody. It's not a large file. It's easy to download, easy to print out. It is a shortened version of the message, but man, it's all the powerful stuff written down. It's so powerful. I just read through, the, through one of them this week. Man, it just blessed me so much. And I just want to thank everybody that's involved in translating that and writing that God bless you. Amen. Right, I also um, felt that the Lord said to me that I need, first need to pray for the sick today and just minister a little bit on uh, His healing power and what he, how He feels about you and if you've got any sickness in your body because He wants you healed. He wants you well. Amen. Now, we're going to open the Bible in um, Mark chapter 16 and this is such a powerful scripture. It can... Man, if you open your heart to this and realize that this anointing is for you, it's for every believer, and that you can make use of this, and you can see a change in your life through this, man, I believe you can grab it, and you can just see how the power of God manifests in your life. Amen. We don't want the people of the web church to be sick. We want you to be well, healed, prosperous, 
making use of the whole gospel, making use of everything that Jesus Christ has given upon the cross to the full. And it doesn't help you um, if somebody gives you a new car, you say, no, I'm only going to use the tires, thank you. I'm only going to use the engine or the gearbox and you take it out for some reason. No, if somebody gives you a car, you, use, you make use of the whole car. You're not going to say, well, God has blessed me with an aircon, but I'm not going to use it. And then you sweat, you drive with an open window and man, you get to the other place, your hair's dirty because of the wind and everything. No, you're going to make use of the whole thing. Now, healing is part of the salvation package as much as what prosperity is, as much as what salvation for your soul is, as much as what eternal life is, immortality is. That's how much healing is a part of salvation. Salvation is not just going to heaven. Salvation is receiving the fullness of who Jesus is today, where He is seated at the right hand of the Father for you as a gift. Now, if you can't receive it as a gift, you cannot have it. Healing for you today is a gift. It's something that God just gives to you for free. Anything you want to be delivered from, anything you want to be set free from, it is for free. God gives it to you as a gift. If you cannot receive it as a gift, you cannot have it. It's like the messages on the website or that's on the CDs. People phone me, they say to me, Bertie, I want that message. How much should I pay for it? And then I tell them, you cannot pay for it. I give it to you for free, and if you want to donate, you can. And if you don't want to donate, it's fine. We will still send it to you. Then they say, no, but I want to pay for it. Then I say, you cannot have it. Because if you don't want to receive it as a gift, you cannot have it. And I heard uh, Andrew Womack say the very same thing. And that is exactly how it is with the message of grace. If you cannot receive righteousness as a gift, you will never have the righteousness of God. You will always only have your righteousness. If you cannot have healing as a gift, you will only have the healing that you can produce out of your own power by eating healthy and going to the doctor. But God's type of healing, you will never have it if you can't receive it as a gift. Don't think that God will heal you based on your holy living for the week. The reason why God heals you is because of the stripes of Jesus. Because He made you righteous Because God's opinion about you is all founded in Jesus Christ and what He's done for you. That's why He will heal you. And what is so wonderful is God gave this power to man so that when we believe it and we act upon this power, God manifests through the Holy Spirit the finished work of Jesus Christ in this world and people are healed. It would be so simple. I would come right now and if you've got sickness in your body, I would just say, be healed in the name of Jesus, or I heal you in Jesus' name, or I bring you healing in Jesus' name. You will be healed. The healing would not be because of me, but because of God that's in me. Man, isn't that awesome? And you will be healed today. I, can all, I, I already experienced there are some people that woke up with some headache or something bad or um, some pain in your body and you're already feeling better. That is the healing of God flowing through you. That is the word of life coming into your heart, coming into your mind, saturating your your whole body. And this is just the renewal of your mind through preaching. I'm preaching. As your mind's renewed, you are starting to feel better already. Amen. Now, I want to just say this. Uh, There can be some people that's listening now and say, Beth, you're just taking a chance. You're saying this person's getting healed or that person's getting healed. Now, how many 
testimonies we get from people getting healed as we pray over the telephone and as they listen to the message, they just send an SMS, I've just been healed, I've just been delivered, um, God just touched me, touched my children, they are healed. So we see this really flowing so powerfully. Amen. Now let's read Mark 16. It says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay um, their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now verse 17 says, These signs shall follow them that believe. So if you are a believer today, these signs shall follow you. In the name of Jesus, you will cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, you will lay your hands upon the sick and they will recover. In the name of Jesus, you will speak prosperity over people's financial situation that's just devastating and they're facing bankruptcy and God will do a miracle. You, you can even eat anything deadly or a snake or a serpent can bite you. You, can, uh, you are above that because of the name of Jesus because you are a believer. Now, I am a believer today and I believe that you are healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, when I drove down to Malmesbury, we came over Cirrus. Now, there's a lot of turns and twists to get here, and um, you can easily get lost. Now, you might say, if you live in this area, how can you be, get lost? But if, if you come from Douglas, in the Northern Cape, where every, all the roads are just straight, man, when you get here, you can get lost. But there are signs next to the road that says Malmesbury. And if you just follow the sign, you'll get to the town. And it's the same here. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. So, if you go to a place where you find people casting out the devil, the, the sick are being healed, the dead are being raised, lepers are being cleansed, the, 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 the signs that's written down here are there, that's the place which is called church. Amen. These things are part of the church of Jesus Christ. And that's going to be part of your life this morning. You're going to be touched by this power today, for I am a believer. And the faith that I operate in is not my faith. My faith is in His faith. I believe that His faith was great enough to bring healing to people when He walked the earth. He had enough faith to obey to the fullest so that all the healing, if you should obey 100%, should come to your life. He had enough faith for that. And I believe that his faith was great enough to bring healing for you today if I just speak it. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's the power of God. And that's what's going to happen to you. These signs shall follow them that believe. You know, I found uh, that there are people that are actually scared of signs and wonders. If a minister comes that's really healing the sick, like say T.B. Joshua or somebody that's really powerful in miracles, You'll find websites and you'll find things against the man of God and against the miracle saying that, uh, and they love to quote the scripture that in, uh, in the last day they will say, uh, Lord, we've casted our devils in your name and then the Lord will say, I didn't know you. And then people are scared of signs and wonders. Now, that would just be a wrong interpretation of that scripture because that scripture actually speaks of people that are um, wolves in sheep's clothing that misuse the name of Jesus and then people got healed through that name. And then they led them astray into Judaism and all those type of things. Speaking of some of the Pharisees and those people that just used the name of Jesus, like the seven sons of Sceva. 
they used the name of Jesus. They said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preached and they wanted to cast out demons. And there was an effect with that name. So I want to tell you that um, the healing, if you pray in the name of Jesus, I believe, I don't care whoever, if they pray in the name of Jesus, and they speak healing in the name of Jesus, then the person who receives the healing in the name of Jesus are healed in the name of Jesus, and they're not healed by some devil or some demon, even if the man who preaches is not a Christian. Now that, that might be a shocker to you, but let me tell you that's the truth. And that does not say that if the man that preaches might not even be a Christian, that ministers healing to you, um, that you think, well, then I'm not supposed to receive the healing there. If you receive it in the name of Jesus, it comes from God. There's a scripture like that in the Bible about food. There were people that were eating food that was offered to idols. And then other Christians, which were of small faith, complained because of the Christians eating the food that was offered to idols. And then Paul said, I mean, he said, what is an idol? If I thank God for the food, the prayer that I prayed sanctified that food. So if you receive your healing today, you, uh, man, don't be afraid, don't be scared. It is for you. It's in the name of Jesus. And if you thank God for that healing, it came from God. Even if you went to the doctor and you got healed there by, through uh, antibiotics or whatever, and you thank God for that, that prayer is sanctified and the healing is from God. Man, isn't that awesome? That's what God gives to you today. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. In my name they'll lay their hands upon the sick and they will recover. And that is for you today. Amen. So, before we get into, um, into the offering and tithing and those type of things, and let me teach you a bit on that, I want to pray for everybody that is sick and we're going to get into the word of God's unconditional love for you. Now, if you've got sickness, I want you to just lay your hands um, on the place where there is a sickness. Now, you don't have to do this. This is just an act of faith. Amen. It's like giving. Uh, because we believe God has already provided for us, we've got such a great faith that we're not even scared to give away what we've got. So, that's also an act of faith. It's the same with healing. If you put that hand there, or if you just stand up and say, well, I'm going to test it now. If you just close your eyes, raise your hands, or if you've got faith to say, well, I just sit like this, and I'm going to receive it from God, do it that way. But what I've seen is a great thing, is just a point of contact. If you've got that knee problem, put your hands on that knee, and we believe God, you're going to be healed today, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I want to thank you for your awesome power. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is present right now as I speak, as this message goes live all over the world. I thank you that people are touched by your anointing right now. I bring healing to arthritis. I bring healing to scoliosis. I bring healing to blindness, deafness, headaches, cancer, especially cancer right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I just feel in my heart, we bring healing to prostate cancer right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every headache, every allergy, everything like that disappears right now in the powerful anointing of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Man, just receive it. This is church. I'm not trying to put up a show or anything. Just receive it right now in Jesus' name. He's healing you. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, isn't that awesome? 
Now, after the session, you can just write us an email um, under info or under contacts and just tell us what God has done for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about giving. Now, uh, the donate button still doesn't work on the website because I think that the bank has been possessed by the spirit of, or by a holiday spirit or something. (laughs) I tell you, I don't know why it's taking so long, but it is. But thank God, I believe it's being sorted out. Amen. And um, man, let's cast that spirit out. No, I'm just joking. I don't think they've really got a holiday spirit. Maybe some other spirit. Well, amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 7. Now, if you've got a Bible with you, now, if you come to Web Church, get your Bible with you. Amen. You can also um, use Esau. Just click on Esau. Now, unfortunately, my beautiful face will then disappear if you go on to Esau. But uh, at least you'll be able to read the word. Amen. And then just go back quickly. Right. Hebrews chapter 7. Let me just find the place there. Um, It speaks about Melchizedek and the priestly order and then the tithe. We must remember that the, um, the, the tithes was under the Old Testament. Now, there are many people that say that tithe was not under the Old Testament, but before uh, the law. Now, I do agree that the tithe was before the law. The tithe was, uh, Abraham was the first one that tithed, and there was many offerings and sacrifices that was before the law. Cain and Abel sacrificed, and many other instances you'll find Jacob sacrificing, people sacrificing, slaughtering animals, before any law for that was given. But what happened when the law was given, everything that was before the law was included in the law. Like circumcision, for instance. Circumcision was long before the law. It was given to Abraham even as a commandment. So, um, if God told Abraham to tithe, if he told Cain and Abel to tithe, if he told Adam and Eve to tithe, um, and he told Abraham to be circumcised long before the law, it was included under the law, under the Ten Commandments and the, the laws that came with it, Levitical laws, and it, can, it was clearly seen that it was part of the Levitical priesthood because the Levites took up the tithe. Now, believe it or not, I just lost that scripture, but let me just read through it quickly and find it. Here it is, verse 5. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive office of priesthood, have a commandment, listen to this, to take up tithes of the people according to the law. That's what it says. Let's read it again. But verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Now, isn't that powerful? Now, um, verse 14, if you read on, you will say that with a change of priesthood, because we're not under the Levitical priesthood anymore, but we're under the priesthood of Melchizedek, there was also a change of law. Now, there was a law that says that by the law you take up tithes from the people. And this is what it says. And this speaks of the Old Testament law. That means the tithe that Abraham received or the tithe that Abraham gave, and the whole thing about tithing there was included under the law. Now, man, you can argue as much as you want, but let me read verse 5. And verily, 
they that are of the, son, are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. That is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Now just imagine that. That's how clear it is. The tithe is under the law. Tithing is under the law. Now you might say, Bertie, but that is not the truth. I've been paying a tithe so long and I'm blessed and all of that. Let me tell you, the, say it this way. To give a tithe is not a sin. But if you tithe in order to be blessed, that's a problem. The blessing comes from Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from your tithing. It doesn't come from your giving. It comes from the heart of a father that loves you, that was willing to give his son long before you were even born. When you were a sinner, he gave his son. And if he gave his son while you were a sinner, how much more will he not give all things? With his son. That means, when he gave his son, with his son, he gave you all things. All the financial prosperity you need. Like the Bible says in Second Peter 1 verses 9, that everything that is needed for life and godliness has been provided through the free gift Jesus Christ. I believe the reason why the church is not really walking in prosperity today is because they are still under works righteousness when it comes to tithing. And when it comes to receiving finances. Why can't we receive finances through the cross? Like the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 9. It says that he was rich, he became poor, so that we through his poverty can be made rich. Amen. So we should separate our giving from our getting. Our giving has got nothing to do with our getting. Our faith has got a lot to do with the way we receive. And so many times our giving is accompanied with faith that God will bless me. Now the best way is to say, well, I believe that Jesus Christ has blessed me upon the cross and because He died and rose again and I'm seated with Him in heavenly places, I am with Him, I'm blessed with Him, I'm as prosperous as what He is, I'm as blessed as what He is. That faith will manifest the righteousness that Jesus has where He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. I thank God. I tell you, I've been blessed with a house. God's blessed me. And I didn't get this by my sowing or my tithing or anything like that. I got this by the sowing that Jesus Christ did on my behalf and His obedience to the principle of sowing and reaping and to the principle of tithing. Jesus tithed on my behalf. Amen. That's why I am blessed if I can believe that. Hallelujah. Now let's just go to Romans chapter 5. You know, Romans chapter 5 verse 19 I think it's the most powerful scripture that can knock religion that you can find. Romans 5.19 Especially when it comes to tithing and, and, and sowing and reaping and those type of things. It says in verse 19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now isn't that wonderful? Let's read it again. For as by one man's disobedience so, say Adam disobeyed by not tithing. Okay? So, uh, then I was made a sinner because of him. We must realize that you are not made a sinner because of your sin. It's not your sin that made you a sinner. It's the sin of Adam. Adam's sin makes you a sinner. In the same way, it's not your righteous works that makes you righteous. 
It's not your obedience that brings blessing upon you. It is the obedience of another man, of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was obedient to tithe to the Levites when he walked earth. When he got an income, he took a tithe of that. He paid it at the, at, to the Levites. Now, Jesus never took up a tithe. Because he was of uh, the tribe of Judah. He was not of the tribe of Levi. And he was from a different priesthood than the Levitical priesthood. Uh, I mean, uh, the Levitical priesthood. So he, he gave a tithe at the temple on your and my behalf so that the windows of heaven could open for you and me. Hallelujah. So that you can be prosperous and more prosperous. That's what we see in Malachi chapter 3. You must realize Malachi is a prophet. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Now, what did Malachi prophesy? Malachi's prophecy was this concerning the tithe. If you would pay the tithe, then these blessings would happen. Now, mankind couldn't pay the tithe because Malachi rebuked them in the name of God. God said to them, um, you are disobedient. Now, if you really study out the Hebrew there, you will see that what it's actually saying is the prophecy is then directed towards Jesus. Um, now, you must get into uh, uh, the, the finances thing that I've got there. I, can't, I think finances by grace or prosperity by grace under word well. Get into that. See what I, as I explain that. I think I should put that under in-depth word studies as well. But it's directed towards Jesus. Because man couldn't pay the tithe. He says, you are cursed with a curse. So a curse came upon them because the tithe was under the law. For if you don't obey the law, then you're under a curse. So they didn't obey the tithe. Then they were um, under the curse. Then the prophecy goes to Jesus to break that curse. And he says, bring Jesus then, or bring ye the Aleph Taf, the Hebrew, two Hebrew characters, Alpha and Omega, bring the Alpha and Omega then, the tithe into the storehouse, so they can be meat in my house, and there can be a blessing which cannot be contained. Let me tell you, your giving cannot bring you a blessing that you cannot contain, but the giving of Jesus on your behalf will bring blessing that will set you free from financial fear, that will man make you a giver like you've never been before. I like what Kubus von Rensburg says. He says, when the sitting church, he says, Reach in under your seat, take your neighbor's wallet, and give as you always wanted to give. <laughs> Amen. And that's how, I think that's what will happen when you start to understand the message of grace concerning finances. You will give as if you are giving out of the wallet of God. Amen. So, if you want to give towards this ministry, you are welcome. At this moment, you'll have to go to the bank and make a deposit at the bank. All the details are on the website. Um, that, that finances is used to preach the gospel. It's used to pay airtime. It's used to pay this time that you are watching right now. As long as what you watch this, money goes off my account to pay it. Amen. Now, bless God for that. And I thank God I can preach all over the world, uh, get this message out. But that's what we'll use our money for, to preach the gospel. Your money is not going to heaven. You're not paying it into a heavenly bank account. That word in Philippians 4.19, which says, uh, that word account is not bank account, it's the Greek word logos, which means word. So there's a word, uh, on your word, the word that is about you will be a wonderful word as you become a giver. Man, isn't that powerful? That is what God has, has given to us. Now I want to pray for people's finances right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, I just stretch forth my hand to every person. I stretch forth my hand towards 
their bank accounts and their whole situation. I say, you prosper, you are blessed, you're the blessed of God in Jesus' mighty name and you are rich because He became poor on your behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And um, we've been talking about the unconditional love of God. Man, this is so powerful. Let's go to verse 7. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Now, this is a wonderful key. It says, let us love one another, for everyone that loves, there's two things in his life. He's born of God, and he knows God. Now, there are many people today that are born again. Um, in the traditional sense. They've given their lives to Jesus, but they struggle to walk in love because they don't know God. There are many people that are saved today that doesn't know God. Now, you might be shocked. I tell you, there are many people baptized, many people talking in tongues, many people um, preaching the gospel today that doesn't know God. They know the law of God, but they don't know God. And there's a great difference between the two. Now let's read it again. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. So it is not wrong to love somebody. It is of God. And that's a very important thing. So many people, when I preach the message of grace and the message of love, they want to oppose it by saying, you know, this love thing is not of God. Now that's not what the scripture says. Now if you don't have a Bible, I'll, I'll hold it like this. It says there, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Amen. The whole love thing is of God. It's not of, of the devil. It's not of some preacher. It's not man-made. Love is not man-made. Love is God-made because God is love. We must realize there's no other message in the Bible but the message of God's love for you. And the moment you start to get into the message of God's unconditional love for you, you will find you start to love God. You will find that you start to love your neighbor. You'll, you'll find that when you see somebody, like, man, I, I was in, going to clicks. And as I went to clicks, there was a man walking with crutches. I had to pray for him. Now, he, he didn't get healed right there. I, I, there was just no faith. I said to him, man, stand up. He, he couldn't walk without that, I think it's like a frame. I said to him, stand up. He said, I cannot stand up because I am not healed and I, I, I will fall. I said to him, man, you healed. He says, no. So I said to him, man, come to the crusade. We're going to have a crusade in Malmesbury to get more of the word of God. But what I want to say is, in my heart, there's such a passion for the lost because of God's love for the lost, because of God's love for the sick that's in my heart and should have brought in my heart, so that I wouldn't even care what somebody would think if I lay my hands on somebody's head and they see him standing there with crutches. If he gets healed or not, I don't care what people say. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. And that's what I want to do. Now, the only reason why I can do that is because of His love that has been showed towards me. Because of how much He loved me. Because of how He healed my sickness. Because of how He healed my wife. Because of how He healed my children. Amen. I tell you, if I didn't have God healing my children, I would have spent a couple of thousand rands, rand on doctor's fees and all those type of things. I just to tell you the truth, God is a healer, He loves people, and the love that we receive from Him is what makes us love others. We should love other people. We should live in holiness. We should live in righteousness. We are not there to take the message of God's love as a license for sin. The message of God's love is not a license for sin. It's the only license 
unto righteousness. The law, the Bible says the law brings forth sin in the lives of people. The license for sin, the thing that gives your, your uh, um, flesh man power to walk in sin is the law. And not the message of God's unconditional love. That's what it says. Now let me just read it to you. You might say, no way. Well, fortunately, it's not just my opinion, but there's a nice scripture that I can read about this. Hallelujah. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Hallelujah. That's verse 55 and verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Now, as long as what I don't have a glorified body, I am still under the law somewhere in my life. And the vision that I have is to see the freedom of Jesus Christ in every area of my life and to preach it to the point that we can present every man perfect in Jesus, not in his works, but in Jesus, perfect before God. Because in your works, unless you receive the glorified body and you, re- you, you delivered from this body of death, you will never do everything right according to the law. But in Jesus Christ we are righteous. In Jesus Christ we are holy. Now, First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not, knows not God. For God is love. So if you don't walk in love, the measure in which you don't walk in love is the measure in which you don't know how much God loves you. Now what I've seen in so many churches, and what I've seen on television especially, is people put the focus on how you must start to love people. But the moment you see an area of your life where you see, I don't love somebody, or I don't walk in forgiveness as I'm supposed to, don't try and forgive now. Now you might say, Baptist, now you are saying something that is so wrong. Now the Bible says if you don't forgive from your heart, it's not right. You need to forgive from your heart. Now your heart is your belief system. You need to forgive from the depths of your being if you want to forgive. You can't forgive out of your mind. Saying, well, I decide to forgive him now. That's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness flows out of what you believe. So if you can, if you struggle to forgive somebody, you need to know more about God's love for you, God's payment for sin, for your sin, and for his sin. And as you know how God paid for his sin, you will find that there is forgiveness already in your heart, and then you can proclaim the forgiveness that's already in your heart. Man, I need to say that again. I can just hear people say, just say that again please. Now let me do it if you ask. If you struggle to forgive somebody, don't say, well, now I'm, I'm a sinner and I'm now going to go to hell because I've got unforgiveness. The reason why you've got unforgiveness, the reason why you've got sin, the reason why you don't love your neighbor, the reason why you don't do anything good for your neighbor is because of a lack of understanding of God's unconditional love for you. So the, re- the way you're going to get out of that is by focusing on how much God loves you. If I struggle to forgive somebody, I don't want to argue about what he's done and what I've done and is it really that bad or isn't it that bad. I don't want to look at that. If, if somebody makes me so upset and man frustrates me, I don't try to forgive him by looking at his situation because I'm going to become more angry. I'm just honest with you. That's just the way it is. You might say, yeah, you sinner, pastor, 
you know, how can you say that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, we are all just a family. We are all just human beings in our physical flesh. But with, uh, but with Jesus Christ, we are superhumans. We are more than normal. And wherever I find just normal human living, I need more of the unconditional love of God. And what I do is I'll go and read the Bible. I'll put in a message that I've preached on the love of God or somebody else that is good news. Now you might say, Bertie, how can you listen to your own message? Well, at least I know what I'm going to hear. Amen. It's going to be the message of grace. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to hear. That's what's going to lift us up. That's what's going to build us up. And that's that's what's going to get my heart to forgive that person out of my belief system. Because if I can believe with all my being that his sin has been paid for, that God doesn't even see his sin, then I will find that God's forgiveness is in my heart and from my heart I forgive that man. Amen. So here we can see the more we know the love of God, the better it is for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's go to um, verse 17 and then we're going to go to... Um, yeah, let's go to verse 17 first and then we'll go to Jeremiah. And man, you're going to be blessed. It says, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears not is made perfect in love. Verse 19, We love Him because He first loved us. Now I want to add to that. We love God because He first loved us. And then according to verse 7 and 8 here, we love others because we see the love of God towards us. And when do you know that you understand the love of God? Is when you can stand in the day of judgment. That means, if Jesus and the Father would appear here, and the, His throne would appear in front of you, and it would be the dreadful judgment day. That in that day you can stand boldly, and you can say, judge me. Because you understand the love of God. Amen. Now let's, let's see what the love of God truly is. Let's go to Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, But after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior towards man, appears, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now what does he say here? And how did he do that? I think it says here, um, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's read it again uh, from verse 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving the, the diverse loves and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Verse 4. But after that the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared not by works. Now listen. What is the kindness and the love of God? It is that we are righteous not by works. It says after that appeared we were washed and we were sanctified and we were not living in the sin anymore. So what is that which sets us free from sin? It is the kindness and the love of God which is not to be justified by your works or to be made righteous by your works, but by the grace of God. It says, not by works of righteousness, 
So, your righteous works does not save you. Your righteous works does not change the sin in your life. What change, it says, not by righteous works which we have done, but according to His mercy. Hallelujah. So, you are saved by the mercy of God. And as you receive the mercy of God, you will find that your whole life changes. The, the things you've done wrong changes. But what's wonderful is while you're doing it wrong, you can still rest in the mercy of God and study out the mercy of God, study out the love of God and His mercy and His grace will bring forth the character of God into your life and you will live a holy life. Man, isn't that awesome? That is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let's read verse 5 again. Not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So why are you new? Because He washed you in His blood. Because He renews you by the Holy Spirit. You're not renewed by your willpower. You're renewed by the Holy Spirit. And even if you renew yourself by your willpower, you will not qualify to enter into the kingdom of God, for it was not by Jesus. Amen. Verse 6, which He shed on us abundantly. What did He shed upon us abundantly? The washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. That is a free gift which has been shed on us abundantly for free. Um, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. So that means Jesus made you so holy that you will even receive eternal life. And that doesn't just speak of eternal life in your spirit. It, um, it speaks of eternal life in your physical body. With the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will find that your body will be made as His body and you will for eternity live on this planet with Jesus Christ and rule with Him. Amen. In an undying, immortal human flesh. Now, isn't that powerful? That's what He has given unto us for free. Now, let's quickly go to um, Jeremiah chapter 9. And verse 23. I, I just want to say this. You know, the more I study the word of God's grace, the more stable my relationship with Him becomes. The more sure I am of my future. The more sure I am that I am not condemned. Who will bring in condemnation? Or who will bring in any accusation against the elect of God? Is it God that justifies? Not even God. Maybe some pastor or some friend, or maybe even yourself, but not God. God will not bring in one accusation against you. Amen. That's it. Nobody can bring in. I am so sure of my future. God's not going to bring in any accusation when it comes to my financial prosperity, for instance. He's not going to say, yeah, but he's done that, this wrong, that wrong, we cannot bless him. Who will bring in that accusation? Maybe the man that preaches that's in need of money, but not God. He's going to say, bless the man, for Jesus was rich, uh, he became poor, and through his poverty, uh, this man is made rich, and he believes it. So, he's blessed. Amen. 
That's the gospel. That's the good news that makes people preach. That's the good news that brings excitement to sinners. That's the good news that brings excitement to people that's been in bondage under the law and, and just wants freedom. Amen. And once you are free, you, will, you are free to be like God and to live a holy life because God lives in you. Amen. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Now it speaks about knowing God. And we're going to read the scripture and maybe one more and then end off with that. It says, But let him that glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, says the Lord. It says, Let him that glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. So if you want to say something, that's what glory means to shine forth. What you shine out of your life, what you portray in your life, let not be how rich you are, let not be how wise you are, how clever you are, or that type of thing. It says, but let be this, that you understand and know God. Now that word understand, the best way I can explain understand, is the ability to take something apart and to put it back together again. Now, if you know how God is put together, that's understanding. If you want to say something, say, I know how God is put together. And I have experience. That word know is to experience. I know how God's put together and I've experienced it for myself. That He is the Lord which exercises loving kindness. Amen. That word exercise in the uh, original language means to make known in the wildest and broadest manner. And I've said this many times. You know, when we travel into Zambia, we go past Vic Falls. Now, Vic Falls is reckoned as one of the world's biggest or greatest waterfalls. It's got, it's about one and a half, two kilometers wide. It's got a 110 meter cliff where it drops into. If it's in flood, man, I tell you, the earth shakes. The noise can be heard kilometers away. There's a massive cloud above the waterfall. Now that is wild. I mean it's the wild Zambezi, the mighty Zambezi river falling down there. Um, It's just awesome. It's an awesome sight to see. Now that is wild and it's broad. But what the Bible says here is that God makes known His loving kindness in the wildest and broadest manner. Now that river is wild and broad. But if God speaks about wild and broad and the wildest and broadest manner, it is really something. Amen. It says here, if you want to say something about God, if you want to say that you know God, don't come and say, oh, you know, God's going to judge the world and the end times are upon us and God's not going to bless you because you've just been disobedient here and disobedient there. You're not knowing God. Rather, keep quiet because you are not knowing God. Now, don't say that to insult you or to belittle you, but just rather be quiet and study the message of God's grace. Because here the word says, if you want to say something about God, this is what you must say. That you know how He's put together because you've experienced for yourself that He makes known in the wildest and broadest manner His loving kindness. Now, loving kindness means He loves you so much that He's willing to be kind to you. And you'll experience Him as kind. Amen. You come to God and say, my God, I need this or that. He will be so kind to you. You know, I've heard so many people that say God is harsh to them. Say, God says, yeah, you fool or you stupid. 
Now that's not the way God speaks. That's not the voice of God. If some preacher or somebody comes and he says that, I know he hasn't heard God. He's heard a voice, the voice of the law. He's heard the scripture maybe, but he's never heard the word of God. You must realize there's a difference between the word and the scripture. The scripture said clearly in John chapter 8, stone this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. But Jesus was the word of God. And what was the word about that woman's sin? It is, I don't condemn you. Hallelujah. So let's listen to the word in the scripture. Let's not try to preach and uh, take the scripture and literally apply the scripture in our lives because you will die. You will find yourself a sinner guilty before God, never qualifying for anything good. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to say something about God, say that you know and understand Him that He is a God that exercises loving kindness. Judgment and righteousness in the earth. Now, you might say, back, you see, there's the judgment thing. Now, I thank God that Jesus Christ came and the judgment of God was manifested in the wildest and broadest manner in the earth. He's a God of judgment. He's a God that judges sin. He's a God that punishes sin. And I want to say that if anybody says that the grace preacher doesn't say that we uh, that God judges sin, I want to say this to you. Man, God loves you. God cares for you. But God is a God of judgment and a God that punishes sin. But I've got good news for you. That your sins was judged in the body of Jesus and you are legally free before God. Amen. Because your sins has been judged, it has been punished and you are set free legally. And Jesus legally on your behalf obeyed as Adam. I mean it would just be illegal, uh, it, it would be wrong from God towards us if Adam could sin on our behalf, but nobody could obey on our behalf. So God loved us so much that He worked through the principle of uh, representation. So Adam represented us, and we got the last Adam, Jesus, that represents us. He obeyed on your behalf, and He died on your behalf, and He was judged on your behalf. So if you want to say something about God, and you want to say He's a God of judgment, this is what you can say. I know that God is a God of judgment. Thank God that He judges sin so that I can be free today because my sins has been judged in Jesus Christ. Oh man, I'm preaching myself happy. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. He's a God of judgment and of righteousness. Now He makes known judgment, righteousness and loving kindness in the wildest and broadest manner. No, he, he manifested His judgment in the body of Jesus. And also um, righteousness. Now, how does God manifest righteousness? Now, the wildest and broadest manner in which you can manifest righteousness is written down in Romans chapter 4. Let's read it. Romans chapter 4. Bless God. Um, there it is. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So God says that if somebody can believe that maybe I'm ungodly now, but God justifies me, he sees me just as if I have never sinned, he made me righteous through the obedience of somebody else, then that person 
That sinner is called righteous. That's what it says. It says, But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies ungodly people, his faith is counted for righteousness. So if you can say, maybe I'm not godly in everything in my life, but God deems me and makes me righteous through somebody else, in spite of what I've got, that faith is called righteousness. Man, isn't that awesome? That is absolutely powerful. It's life-changing. It is liberating. It blesses people. That is, if you want to say something about God, if you say you know God. Now remember 1 John 4. They that are born of God and knows God, they love others. So if you are born of God and you can say, I know God. He's a God that exercises loving kindness. He's a God that exercises judgment. He's a God that exercises righteousness. He calls me that in my works have got sin somewhere in my life, righteous because I believe that He does that through Jesus Christ. Amen. And then the Bible says, For in these things I delight, not says Jeremiah, says the Lord. Amen. You know God delights in calling you righteous, even if you've got something wrong. And as you study that out, you will find the even wrong thing disappearing from your life. Man, isn't that just so awesome. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now, we've, we've come to the end of this Sunday service. I want to just encourage you to get more into this word. This will be archived under Sunday services. Listen to it. Um, get into, man, just get into these messages. It's life-changing, it's liberating, it is for you. I want us to pray together and I want, um, I want you to remember that just after the service, we've got a, what I call a cell meeting, uh, on Skype. So, uh, if you don't have Skype, don't try and download it now and try to get into it right now. You can download, uh, Skype, um, from the internet and on next Sunday, you are welcome to join us um, on Skype where we just discuss this message in a cell group form, the five or ten people or how many people can, can slot into that. We get you into that and we talk about this message. If there's any questions, we can talk about it. We can pray for people and whatever. So you can download Skype from the internet. I think um, just under any search engine, type in Skype and you'll find a free download. You can download it and that's how we will have our cell groups. We've also got a, a, a web pastor and it's so wonderful to know the web pastor is moving to Malmesbury from Canada in February. I think the 15th of February, more, more or less there. Um, she'll be coming here and just help with the work. And we, we have got a web pastor, so you'll be pastored in Dynamic Web Church. We, we want to make sure you know and understand this message of grace to the fullest. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for every person that's just watch this webcast. I thank you. They're part of this. Their hearts in the message of grace. I call them the blessed of God, the prosperous people that stand holy before God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you and God bless you.